your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I am Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I would like to thank you for making Locked On Hurricanes your first listen of the day. And as always, you can find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Hurricanes, same on Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes, and myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. In today's episode, we'll be recapping yesterday's Halloween matchup against the Arizona Coyotes and taking a quick look around the Metro Division and the NHL as a whole to see where the Carolina Hurricanes are fitting into all of that. So diving into the game from yesterday, it was obviously a Halloween game, so of course there are a lot of folks dressed up. I'm sure you guys saw the pictures posted on social media, the clips from the TV broadcast, all of that stuff. But there are definitely several storylines heading into this game. This was the 400th career game for Frederick Anderson. And on the flip side, it was the first career game for Seth Jarvis. This was definitely something I was excited for to finally see Seth Jarvis, our 2020 first round pick, finally make his NHL debut you guys know if you've been following for a little bit that I've been really pushing for the Hurricanes to play this kid he is that good he killed it in the preseason killed it in the prospect tournament he was way 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 too good for juniors but he can't yet play in the AHL due to that weird agreement between the league's the junior leagues, NHL and AHL and all that. So it was nice to finally see him get to play in the NHL regular season. He obviously played in the preseason, like I mentioned, and he killed it. So, of course, there was a lot of demand for him to finally get to play, and I was really wondering, when are they going to do it? Because I definitely understand the if-it-ain't-broke-don't-fix-it moniker. Of course, that's how I am most of the time with most things in my life. But you had this kid up here, and he's not going to get any better just sitting up in the press box. And I hate that he had to get in due to Nino Niederreiter going down with a lower body injury. Still no update on that. All we know is it's a lower body injury. It's going to be out for a while. That's all we know. So I like that we finally got to see him, but I don't like the reasoning why. And I'm excited to see how he can continue to grow at the NHL level. But diving into the first period, this was really the story for the game, really. But I have it down in my first period notes. And that the Carolina Hurricanes had a lot of great chances. But absolutely no puck luck whatsoever. That was really the story of this game. It wasn't that the Hurricanes inherently played bad because they were really kind of controlling a lot of the game. You 
I have it down in my end of game notes that the Carolina Hurricanes had 20 high danger chances in this game compared to Arizona's eight. But the Carolina Hurricanes were just having none of that puck luck. They weren't getting any lucky bounces. Pucks were bouncing off the post. They were going just wide. They were having no puck luck whatsoever for pretty much the majority of this game, honestly. But the Arizona Coyotes ended up striking first in this first period. It was a little over five minutes into the game when Arizona finally got on the board. And they held that lead for the rest of the first period and most of the second as well. But like I said, the Hurricanes didn't necessarily play bad. They just didn't have the luck. And Seth Jarvis... Again, he he looked really, really good in this game. He got the third star of the game for a reason. This kid played a really good game, and he was all over this game. And he could, you could tell, like, he, the way Brendan Moore and teammates say, like, you know, he doesn't act like a rookie, he didn't act like a rookie in this game. He didn't act like this was his first career game. He said, you know, post-game, he's obviously a little nervous when he first went out, of course. You know, I would have been too. But he really calmed himself and played with a poise and experience beyond his years and experience. I actually love that. And I can't wait to see what else he's going to bring to the team not only in his stint here this season, but moving forward as a whole. I'm really excited to see what he can do. And then going into the second period, it was a lot more the same as the first period. The Hurricanes were having no puck luck whatsoever. And Seth Jarvis, again, just all over the game. His, like I said, his poise experience his hockey IQ is well beyond his years and you can definitely tell why the Carolina Hurricanes drafted him in the 2020 draft because he is doing great and I will say the call on Tony D'Angelo that was an embellishment that was we'll say a soft call because I really don't agree with that call. And really the officiating in this game was not great. I I know that tends to be like a cop-out excuse for a lot of games, whether it's hockey, basketball, football, whatever, people blame the officiating. But the officiating in this game was not great. There are a lot of missed calls. Frankly, on both sides, there definitely there's some stuff the Hurricanes got away with in this game as well. But it, the Arizona Coyotes got away with more, and there were definitely some soft calls as well. You know, going back to that Tony D'Angelo embellishment one, which embellishment is something you never see happen, but it's something or never see get called. I should say you see guys embellish stuff all the time we all see the videos all over social media when guys pull stuff and try to make things look way worse than they actually are um 
But it was weird to see it get called on something like that where he didn't even embellish. He got tripped up, was down to one knee, got right back up and went back at it. He didn't flop all around or dive or anything like that. He he didn't do that. Like embellishment is typically done. He got tripped up, got back up, went back to play. That that was it. But yeah, that was that was a really weird call there. And you look at while I'm on the officiating, there was no call on the goalie interference play or when Freddie, I forget who it was, collided with Freddie and took his legs out from under him. That didn't get called. Goalie interference, whatever you want to call it, that didn't get called. And we're lucky that didn't turn into a goal, really. We're lucky that Freddie is so calm and poised. He always is ready to go because not even shoot I think not even like three minutes later Arizona is coming down to score and he makes a great stop and he definitely was really a bit of a difference maker in that this game and we'll get more into that as well as other second period notes and third period notes in the next segment folks so stick around Does this sound familiar, folks? You've got one device that lets you catch the game alive, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all of the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you a simple way to get all of that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about DirecTV Stream at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Now, I was just discussing how much Freddie Anderson is really making a difference in this game because the the Arizona Coyotes, while they were only listed as having eight high danger chances, I definitely feel that they had some more scoring chances than that, or at least high danger ones, I guess you would say, because while the Carolina Hurricanes, again, they weren't inherently playing bad and they were getting a lot a lot a lot of good chances in this game nothing was going in again they did not have any puck luck in this game whatsoever until the very end really but freddie anderson the the coyotes very well could have scored more than just the one goal and this is a game where the statistics and everything that's on paper is exactly that. It's on paper. Because Arizona on paper, they're not a good team. They're not. I, I hate to say it, you know, because I know there are obviously the Arizona fans out there. But, you know, on paper, they're not a good team. They're, they're a bottom team. They're a lottery team. 
But you look at this game, and they hung in there with the Hurricanes the entire game. The Hurricanes only won by one goal. It wasn't like the other day where we beat the Blackhawks and beat the brakes off of them. It wasn't like that. The Coyotes hung in this game, and they very well could have won this game. And that is definitely to be applauded because this just goes to show, like I said, everything on paper is exactly that. It's on paper, and anything can happen any given day and any given night in this league. It's exactly that. You always hear like the TV analysts and radio analysts saying that you know, on broadcast how anything can happen, anything can happen. But this game just shows goes to show, like, yeah, anything could happen. The Arizona Coyotes very well could have handed the Hurricanes their first loss of the season. Because in the preview episode for this game, I said, this is a trap game. This is very much like Chicago. Because the this is a team that's searching for its first win and is going to be playing desperate. They got they just have that extra little drive behind them like let's get this first win and we're not playing to our best ability and they're wanting that and they're playing desperate and the coyotes played desperate in this game you could tell because i think you could tell that they were definitely outmatched i guess you would say that the carolina hurricanes skill level was definitely well above the Coyotes, where kind of like how I said in the Chicago game recap that their their Hurricanes skill level was definitely a factor in them winning that game. They had a lot more skill on their team than Chicago. I think that was the same here. And you could tell that the Coyotes knew that, and they were going out trying to shut out or trying to stop everything the Hurricanes were trying to do. And again, they were just playing desperate. And I think that's really what carried the Coyotes for as long as they did. And again, Freddie Anderson, he was really making a difference. He was bailing this team out a lot like he had in this season so far in every game that he's played because, again, we had no puck luck at all. And... The Coyotes very well could have ended up scoring more than they did had a different goalie been in there. And another thing that I think really made a difference for Arizona was their goaltender. I do not know how to pronounce his name, so I will not try to butcher that name. But he absolutely, he was phenomenal in this game. I really think he should have maybe gotten a star for that game. Because that guy, he he he's a goaltender, man. He he had a hell of a game. And while I mentioned obviously the Coyotes are playing desperate, and I think that's what kept them in the game for as long as it did. Their goaltender, he was the same as Freddie. He was keeping that team in there because the Carolina Hurricanes had they had a little bit more puck luck on their side. You know, they could have, it very well could have ended up like Chicago and they're beating the brakes off of Arizona. But obviously there was no puck luck. And then their goaltender, he was making stops. He, he was making some beautiful, 
stops in that game. He is to very well be commended for that game, and Arizona fans should not be upset about the loss. Obviously, I know you're winless. Yes, it absolutely sucks. <laughs> but they played your goaltender really. He looked great in that game. And again, Seth Jarvis, he he looked great in the second period as well. And one thing that I really liked about Seth Jarvis in this game, it was a quick shot uh, from the broadcast team to the bench. And you saw him and Derek Stepan with the little iPad just reviewing plays. And I absolutely love that because this kid, he is really trying to be the absolute best he can be because you can heck you've seen it in the NHL before you've seen it NFL NBA all of it where you have these hot shot young rookies that have a lot of talent and think oh you know I can just easily get up here and succeed and do the same way I had been but Seth Jarvis he definitely has that talent and he very well could do that but he's not. He's sitting over there with a grizzled veteran reviewing plays. And I absolutely love that. And he went on to mention that in the post-game press conference, because that was brought up there, and he said how pretty much ever since Seth Jarvis got here with training camp, Derek Stepan has really just taken him under his wing, given him advice, doesn't sugarcoat things and if you ask a question whether it's hockey whatever he doesn't sugarcoat it he gives it to you straight and it's going to help you be the best player you can and that is why we brought Derek Stepan in he's obviously a talented player but stuff like that is why we brought him here and I absolutely love that and I cannot wait to see how he continues to help Seth Jarvis progress in his NHL career and Heading into the third period, well, first off, Martin Natchez tied it up late in the second. And he was one, he had a phenomenal game. I know I keep talking about Seth Jarvis and Freddie Anderson. Martin Natchez, he should not be understated the game that he had here. He had an absolutely phenomenal game. He was over all over every single play, and he deserved that goal. He was playing a hell of a game. And then getting on into the third period, a lot of again just still more the same I know it sucks yeah that, that's kind of been the story of the game it's just no puck luck at all having great 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 chances but nothing is getting past Arizona's goaltender whether it be because he's playing that great or again just no puck luck whatsoever and again Arizona is just playing desperate and they know like okay we gotta we got to keep pedal to the metal if we're going to win this game. But then the Hurricanes knew what they had to do, and that was just simply getting pucks to the net. And that is what ended up winning them this game because Brett Pesci ended up scoring on the power play kind of late in the third, and which ended up being the game-winning goal. And on that goal, Seth Jarvis got his first career NHL point on a secondary assist and he ended up getting the third start of the game Brett Pesci got the second Martin Natchez got the first I think you know all that's de deservedly so 
Seth Jarvis played a hell of a game. Brett Pesci, he got the game-winning goal. Martin Natchez, had a, I, he had a great game. But again, I still... Arizona's goalie, he deserved to be in consideration for one of those stars, for sure, whether it be the second or the third. But this was a game where the Carolina Hurricanes very well could have lost this game. This was definitely a trap game, and they almost fell for it. I don't think it's necessary that they fell for it, uh, per se. Again, this was, this game could have gone the other way very easily with how desperate Arizona played and how good their goaltender was. But now all we can do, we're undefeated in the month of October, best start in franchise history, 8-0-0. Absolutely love it. And... All we can do now is like, all right, month of October is behind us. Let's look ahead to November. Yes, Svetch and Ajo's point streaks have come to an end, sadly. Time to start another one. Time to start another point streak. And with that, we can be doing that on Wednesday when we go up to Chicago. We just played Chicago. We just beat Chicago. So I do feel... Come Wednesday, I feel Chicago's probably going to come out with a bit of bite in this game. There's Well, as of right now, they're still looking for their first win. Whether or not they'll get that between now and then, we'll see. I don't know their schedule off the top of my head, but we can definitely look and see. Yeah, they're actually playing tonight against Ottawa. So Chicago very well could get a win tonight. They could get one or on Wednesday against us they again they play tonight against Ottawa maybe they'll get another win or get their first win but we'll see but I definitely feel just quick preview on that they're going to be playing extra desperate because again just like Arizona they want to get their first win and then we just beat the brakes off of them they're going to be wanting a little bit of revenge. Uh, but, you know, obviously just mentioned, you know, Chicago plays tonight. But, you know, the Hurricanes are undefeated now. we got to take a look at where the Hurricanes are standing in the Metro Division and the NHL as a whole. And we will be doing that right after this quick break, folks. Now, you guys know me. You know I love Thanksgiving. All the good food, the treats, and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, but isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bar. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert, folks. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie can have upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut built bar. Or go for a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie or any dessert. Built bars are, of course, low calorie, low carb, low fat, and high protein. And all built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Built bar is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a built bar or two. They're a great snack. I typically take one or two of them with me to work whenever I want a quick snack and something that's going to be healthy. I'm not eating a bunch of junk food. So share something 
with your family at those family gatherings. It can make things a little less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried Built Bar yet, and maybe she'll absolutely love it. So new surprises all month long, limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the website often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday, so mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order when you use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Now we've done recapped the game against Arizona and of course the Carolina Hurricanes are now 8-0-0 on the season. We are undefeated. We are the final undefeated team as the Florida Panthers took the L in overtime against Boston the other day. So we got to take a look at where the Hurricanes are standing. We'll take a look at the Metro Division first because that's obviously our home. That division is typically a bloodbath. But right now, the Carolina Hurricanes are sitting atop that Metro Division. Of course, at an 8-0-0 record, 16 total points. The Washington Capitals are right behind us in second at 5 Oh, and three and 13 points. New York Rangers are there in third at six, two and one and 13 points. The Columbus Blue Jackets are in fourth at five, three and oh, and 10 points. The Philadelphia Flyers are in fifth at four, two and one and nine points. New Jersey Devils are in sixth at four, two and one and nine points. New York Islanders are at three, two and two and eight points. In the Pittsburgh Penguins are in last place in the Metropolitan Division at 3, 3, and 2, and 8 points. They are sitting at 500, so it's not like, you know, they're Montreal or something like that where they're well below 500. And I do think now with Sidney Crosby coming back into the lineup, Pittsburgh definitely will rebound and get back to being the Pittsburgh that we know that they typically are. And again, we're eight games into season nine in some cases, you know, like New York Rangers. So it's still very, very early. And I said it all along. This stuff is likely going to change. You, know, you look at the Atlantic at Buffalo in second, Detroit in third. I don't know how long that'll last. And then you have Boston in sixth. Like, you don't think that's going to really last very long. And then... You, again, just look around the league. Colorado's in fifth place in the Central. Vegas is in fifth in the Pacific. These teams that are in the past have been really, really good. I don't think that'll last of them being towards the bottom of their divisions. But we'll just have to wait and see how that stuff goes. It's still very, very early in the season. I think we're only like 10% done with the season. So a lot of hockey left to be played. So taking a quick look at the NHL standings, the Florida Panthers are still on top of the league, but barely. They're at 8-0-1 and 17 points. Carolina Hurricanes are in second at 8-0-0 and 16 points. So really the only reason that the Florida Panthers still have that number one spot is just because they have played one more game than us, and that's it. But... The Calgary Flames are sitting in third at 6-1-1 one and, one and 13 points. Washington Capitals are in fourth at 5-0-3. Oh 
and 13 points. New York Rangers, of course, 6-2-1, and 13 points. St. Louis Blues are in 6th place at 6-1-0 and, oh, and 12 points. The Edmonton Oilers are in 7th place at 6-1-0, and oh, 12 points. Buffalo Sabres are still hanging around in the top 10. They are at 5-2-1 and 11 points. San Jose Sharks are in ninth at 5-3-0 and 10 points. And the Winnipeg Jets are at 4-2-2 and and 10 points. The Minnesota Wild have obviously fallen out. They're now sitting at 11th place. And the Detroit Red Wings, yeah, I mentioned yeah, them being in third place in their respective division. They are in 13th place in the league. They are above teams like Tampa Bay. Toronto, Boston, New York Islanders, Colorado Avalanche, Pittsburgh Penguins, Vegas Golden Knights, Montreal Canadiens, the Stanley Cup finalist, Montreal Canadiens is in 30th place in the NHL. Uh, but you can obviously you know, go listen to Locked on Canadiens for all of that stuff. And then, of course, any other team you know, that you'd want to hear about, you can go listen to their respective Locked on shows as well. But now that... You have made Locked On Hurricanes your first listen of the day. Go make Locked On Fantasy Hockey your second listen. Lord knows I need to go listen to the latest episode because my fantasy teams are sucking. (laughs) But as always, you can find Locked On Hurricanes on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes and myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. In tomorrow's episode, we will finally be joined by Carolina Hurricanes team reporter Walt Ruff. He will be making his Hurricanes podcast debut and his return to the Lockdown Network as he was once on Lockdown Coyotes when he covered the Tucson Roadrunners. So make sure you look out for that tomorrow. I'm very excited for that interview. So I hope you are as well, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.